The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This is Soulful Living on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Terry Williams. Hey, wherever you are in the world today, I welcome you to another 30 minutes of Soulful Living here at Empower Radio. My guest today, Riem Nemu, is a sister shaman. And if you saw the two of us together with our curly hair and our long locks, you might think, wow, maybe in a past lifetime, these two connected. Uh, I happen to be very close friends with her niece, and I would say that is a high probability. I'm very honored to have her here. I normally bring a little bit of history about the person that I'm interviewing. And I would say with Weem, she began a magical path four years ago and tapped into the unseen realm in ways that she couldn't possibly imagine. And from that, she has really uh, embarked on a way to not just heal and enhance her own life, but the lives of everybody that she touches. And I'm going to stop right there and say welcome. Thank you, Terry, for having me. It's such a pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so did I get that timeline right? Would you say it was around four years ago? It's that double. You... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, just a little math, you know, difference. <laughs> well, you know, I tell my clients that... Mm. We as humans created this uh, element of time. That's right. That the spirit realm has no clue. So it could be four years. Could be 440 years. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, welcome. So let's give the listeners a little bit of background. I want them to hear it from from your voice instead of mine. Sure. Well, um, I was born in Baghdad, Iraq, and I came here as a minority Christian um, to an ancient lineage called the Chaldeans. And uh, they were part of the Sumerians who invented writing and uh, a lot, you know, it's the cradle of civilization, ancient Mesopotamia. Um, I was not aware of that (laughs) where I was born because um, the way the history was told, um, as so happens in many countries, really started um, anything prior to 1400 years ago with Islam, then it's really not taught in the mm-hmm. schools. So I was not aware of our heritage. Um, even when I came here, what I found is that uh, when it, we came to the United States, most people, you know, did were not aware of Iraq. And part of the reason is because um, when the British occupied Mesopotamia, they changed the name to Iraq. Mm-hmm. And so there was a disconnect. So here's, you know, you go to all these churches and you hear about Mesopotamia and Prophet Abraham, and this happened in ancient Mesopotamia and all these lands. And this was my birth country, and I was was so disconnected 
from that until little by little, actually, it started as a writer, as I was writing my stories and getting deeper into my past, I found like, oh, this is who I am. So it took me coming thousands of miles from my birth country to find out who I am and what my heritage is about. Um, And all I knew is that I had a calling to be a writer, and I responded to that by writing. But then something was happening in 2011. Um, There was a story that was talking me. And it was just, there was a family that came and approached me and wanted me to write about their daughter who was serving um, prison term at the time, six-year prison term. And she was, she had, it was a high-profile case. And they felt that as an Iraqi-American, I was already um, a writer, published a couple of books, and I was a journalist. And they felt that, by me writing about her story that I could get um, bring awareness to her case and then possibly she would win her appeal. Um, and when they told me what the story was about, I said, uh, no thanks, I don't want to be involved in this political story about this woman who sold telecom equipment to Iraq during the sanctions and then after she was sentenced, they found out that the person that she was accused of conspiring with was a CIA operative because he came out and said this shouldn't have happened. And and then I thought, no, 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 no. You know, I, I, um, I was trying to distance myself from all of that because having lived through the trauma of seeing um, my home country, the United States, um, in war with my birth country was a very painful process. And so over the years, I just, in order for me to kind of, like in a survival mode, I had to kind of put a wall between that. But then it always kind of came back, you know, somehow through the story, for instance. Um, Finally, the story just stalked and stalked me, like it just kept nudging my conscience, like I was supposed to tell it. Mm -hmm. So I agreed to it. Then I found, why I can't write this thing. I agreed to write this story, and the mom is calling, and the uh, woman is emailing me from prison. And so finally, I hated my writing (laughs) career. (laughs) So I'd get up in the morning. I remember I would be like, I know, God, that this is my calling, but can we change it? It feels so daunting sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, it just kind of, if it was my calling, why aren't you helping me out here? Can Mm -hmm. we, like, switch it to something easier? I can be a teacher. You know, Mm -hmm. I can, there's a lot of professions I can do. I really just wanted to kind of um, escape 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 for a while. Yeah. Not for a while. I wanted to just leave. I I don't want to do this anymore. Um, And then one day, ironically that you're saying my my niece, this is who, I was at this bookstore with Sandy and Royal Oak when Barnes and Nobles was there. Uh, Yeah. I remember the good old days. Um, I was my favorite. Yes, every time I pass that, it's like, hmm. But it was a beautiful bookstore, and we were in there and with our children. And um, we went to the Thomas, the, the train table. And um, she said, oh, you know, I'll watch the kids if you want to go and browse around. And I thought, wow, freedom. For a couple of minutes, yay, you know, I'll go browse around. And then I found myself going to the area with the reference and book sections the area that I didn't want to have anything to do with, right? And I'm looking at all these how-to books about writing, and I thought, this is not what I'm looking for. I have two books published. I'm a journalist. I don't have a problem with discipline sitting and writing. There's something going on here. A block. There's a block. Mm -hmm. 
I how do I I can't un, do undo the block through reading a book. That's mm-hmm. how, honestly how I felt, and yet I'm standing there. And then this book just kind of sticks out called Writing Spirit, which was a very strange book because it had palms and it didn't have a pen or paper anywhere. There was palms and orchids and water and what is this? Uh, I picked it up and then I'm flipping through it and it talked about Native Americans and shamanism. I know what Native Americans have been a strong part of my life. They've come to my door over the years and they have been my teachers. Mm -hmm. So I knew Native Americans and I was very attracted. Um, Well, actually, they were also very attracted to me. So there was a mutual relationship between us. Um, But shamanism I'd never heard of. Power animal, things like that was just so... I didn't understand it. I didn't know what it was. And yet the book kept, you know, speaking to me. But I put it back, like, and picked it up maybe three, four times. Finally, Sandy was like, hey, you know, I mean, like the kids, I obviously was picked were acting up and it was time to leave and she said you can use my discount card (laughs) (laughs) I took that as a sign I said I was afraid also to to um I had no time my children were very young and I didn't have time really Mm -hmm. for myself in any way and I was afraid by bringing this book home I'm creating another situation where I have to read and I don't have the time to read you know but I bought it and I started reading it and it was it wasn't like any book about writing I'd ever read because it wasn't a how-to book. Mm-hmm. It was about our spirit, and it involved everything in our life um, because what happens sometimes in an attempt to respond to a calling, our profession, we kind of get trapped by it. It chokes us because we give all our focus to that, what, and it creates an imbalance. Mm-hmm. Um That was part of what was happening with me, but there was other issues. Well, what happened is when I finished reading the book, the author, Lynn V. Andrews, had at the back saying, like, if you need help with your creative da-da-da, you know, that we could call her and have a session. Well, she was a best-selling author of, um, like, 20 books. So I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to call her, and I'm going to see what is it, why am I having a hard time writing this book? So I called, and early on, she was trying to find out if I was abused as a child and if I had to be careful as a child. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just wasted $150. (laughs) (laughs) And should I hang up now? Or, but I would lose the $150. And I said, you know what? I just, I put the money, I'm just going to let her talk. So she, the healer and shaman that she is, spun things around in certain directions and then she pinpointed in a childhood incident that had happened that I had dismissed as something like well that just happened in my childhood and then um I thought and and she brought something forward in a way that nobody ever had in like almost 40 years well Mm -hmm. actually almost 30 years by that time and and um I thought, oh, my gosh, how did she just do that? And, you know, like, it really threw me off balance, like, because it was nothing what I was expecting Mm -hmm. from someone who was going to talk to me about writing. And after, right after she said that, she's like, so, my dear, you know, (laughs) why have you, yeah, why have you called me? (laughs) What is it that you want to, I said, no, 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 (laughs) can you go back to that thing that happened to me in my childhood that you just described in a way for a stranger to pinpoint certain areas? And um, anyway, I ended up in her four-year school. Mm -hmm. 
her mysticism, mysticism school, which teaches about shamanism, which I did not know the word. I didn't even know I was in a shamanic school until the second year. I looked up the word shamanism to see exactly what it means. And thank God over the years, I have not allowed um, my intuition. I trust my intuition and I have not allowed labels mm -hmm, to stop me mm -hmm. from participating in environments that have been loving, nurturing, um, spiritual, and that have really not only have they nurtured me, but they brought me back to my own, in a, like in a strong way, to my own faith. Um, so in this four-year school, I learned a lot about myself. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I was tr when I was deciding whether I should register, I, I asked the administrator. I called and I said, you know, I don't I don't know. Lynn has a writing school and she has this. And was she talking that I should enroll in the writing school? And I remember the lady said, well you're already a writer. No, you know, she probably, and I said, well, is this, what is the school? Like, I don't understand. Like, what's is it, it going to do for what me? What is it going to do for me? Like, is it going to help me with my writing? And she said, it's going to improve your whole life. Yeah. And when she said that as a wife and mother, um, that was more important to me even than of course my writing It's like, Oh, so I can, I want to improve my, I don't want to just be about my writing. Um, I enrolled with a lot of hesitation and just like looking at all my to-do list and everything. And really it was an intense four years where I really disconnected from so much from the outside world in order to take care of myself, mm -hmm. my home and my family. Um, and so not only did it transform me as a writer, but it also helped me uh, be a better wife and mother, better human being about our daughter, my, my mom lived with me uh, up until February for five years and I took care of her. Um, and the book that I was having a hard time reading, won an, it took six years for me to complete it, it won an Eric Hopper Award. The documentary of the same story won two international awards and it is gonna be screened at the um, Maple Theater on October 9th. And that is the power of, of what I went through and the kind of energy that I put into the project. And can you share the title for the listeners? Yes, it's called The Great American Family. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, what, what I decided to do, because this is what I am a strong advocate of, is like love, family, culture. I decided to write it as a, in a literary form and not so much on a political, mm -hmm. um, so that the message would come across, but through the family and what this incident, what this case did to the family. Because mm -hmm. I, I became very close to the mother, who to me was just really the hero of the whole story. Because um, she fought so hard to get her, her daughter, daughter out. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, one of the things that Lynn said, I remember throughout the years that I was being taught, every year we would get receive a different mentor. Mm -hmm. And I remember... I was so excited about what I was learning and I was like, can I share this with people? And I'm so excited. And then, and my mentors are always trying to calm me down. Like, no, just wait, you need to finish with your, you need, don't worry about anybody else. You just, yes, it's all about you right now. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, to prove that every time I tried to do it, people would just like knock me down, like <laughs> get out of my way. We don't believe in this. Crap. <laughs> so, um, but in the last year, things were different. Lynn said, well, now that you are graduating and that now you're, you've learned everything and that how it has helped you, you know, for uh, each one of us, we were asked, um, how are we going to take this into the world? How are we going to take it out into the world? Um, 
different people. You know, my, the apprentices that were in my school year were from different parts of the world, like Germany and Spain and some from the United States and Argentina. Um, and each one had her own way. One was um, a painter, another one, you know, was an animal lover. Um, and they had their own way of taking that energy that we learned to how to choreograph energy and using it out. For me as a writer, uh, I wrote a four-part memoir series about my experience because in the memoir series, I teach, I, I um, well, it's, yeah, I do kind of teach indirectly though, but it's through the assignments that I had to do. It's like anybody can do take those assignments, seeing how I did them to do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one is I started doing projects, um, I mean, I'm sorry, workshops, and when ways, you know, um, at the Theosophical Society libraries to teach these um, practices, these ancient practices that have helped so many people. Um, and then I was in Mexico in 2000. Um, this was right after I graduated because I graduated and we did our last ceremony. It was in 2015, in, Janu- in October 2015, which actually was like right at November when we go in October and it ends in November. Um, in January of 2016, I was in Mexico, uh, the Riviera Maya, and there was a shamanic ceremony that I could participate in um, at Shalha, which is really like a, a, a like a, a water park for kids. <laughs> so I told my husband, "You take the kids, <laughs> like, <laughs> do whatever the zipline, do whatever you guys. I'm gonna do the ceremony." And he's like, "Okay." And as I was going through the trail that led to to it, I looked up and it's called the Path of Consciousness. Mm-hmm. There was it was in English and in Spanish, and it led to this trail that would that led to the ceremony. I took a picture of that, not thinking. I just took a picture. Just I thought like this is so beautiful with trees and people walking in there. I went in. We did the ceremony, and the way it was done is just they said you know, but doing th- we're doing this so that you can feel renewed through the different, the four elements of, of earth and wa- and water and uh, the wind. And, um, you know, I did, when, when I was in there, uh, after the ceremony, when I came out, I thought, I want to bring this home somehow. Mm-hmm. How can I bring this home? Because I can't come to Mexico every day to do it. And plus, I always, always, if it, this is what I was, since I was very young, if I experience something beautiful, my first instinct is, how who can I share it with? Whether it's a meal whether it's anything beautiful, it's like my first instinct. That's why I had such a desire when I was learning these is just to kind of pass it on. And they're like, no, 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 you're not really ready because there's there's a process to this. You have to be patient. And most of us in this day and age, that's the one thing that's very difficult is the patience. So I came Especially home. With instant gratitude. Yes, it, it's really, I mean, until now, there's still this in this part that's in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I started um, in 2018, the first, Path of Consciousness, um, spiritual and writing retreat, because those two practices, which in Lynn School we were regularly journaling and mm-hmm. writing assignments and stuff. So I I feel like um, strongly feel that writing, which you know is part of my ancient lineage, um, and by the way, the first writer in history was a woman from ancient Iraq and Hadwana. First writer, not male or female, just first record. She was the first one that stepped up and signed her name on cuneiform when mm-hmm. before that nobody would. It was just like, you write and then you leave it. No, she wrote her poetry and she said, it is I and Hadwana who mm-hmm. writes this. She was a priestess and a princess. Um, 
So that's, you know, that's my way of sharing is to have this retreat, which is really is just people have the option because everybody, you know, is is busy. So there's an option of staying the three days, which creates a more intense and more immersion into the teachings um, or to come for the one day. And my plan is to expand on this because I feel society needs that. Well, some of the teachings that you offer, some of the workshops that you offer, um, I I noted that there were some workshops on yoga. There were some uh, workshops on self-care. Of course, there's um, a few workshops on writing and elevating your consciousness in that way. Uh, but a couple of them that spoke to me were the active power ceremony, which I know Lynn uh, has facilitated, um, Mother Earth workshop, and then journaling and the writing life workshop. But I'd love to hear a little bit more about the active power ceremony and the Mother Earth workshop since you're going to be teaching them at this path of consciousness. And I also want to say, I love that you said you did not know what the word shamanism was and that you don't really attach yourself to a label. Um, I've been practicing this kind of stuff for about 25 years. My first experience was um, with energy work was with my child. I'm not going to get into that story. That this is about you right now. Um, and I, so I tell people, yes, I love the word shamanism. I, I feel like a shamanic mentor. And yet it is a word that fully expresses the mysticism and the magic that is available to all of us once we allow ourselves to accept the invitation, and that's what you did. You accepted the invitation to expand beyond your wildest imagination. So Yeah, thank God I did. Yes. <laughs> you know, because, yeah. I am so thankful. Is, yes, and I, I'm really grateful for Lynn having experienced what she had to experience in order to pass on these teachings through her books and through her workshops and such, and that she's around for us to, you know, have the opportunity. Um, the act of power, I registered. They said, if you register early, you're going to get your material earlier. Um, and, I, and I remember the act of power, like, I, I felt so rejuvenated because um, I started cleaning up in order because one of the act of power is I also call it act of love mm -hmm. and it's choosing something that you are going to be determined to do it and by a certain time and what you need to do to get there. A lot of the writers even whether you're a writer or not. So this could be a personal or anything, but sometimes what writers fit. You know, they go to all these conferences and workshops and this and that to find out about the story and how they can structure this and this. But they, but they don't have the chance to look at the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. That's what's really preventing us from writing the story. There's mm -hmm. more to it. It's always on the surface. And that's because we've been raised that way. And this is especially the case in one Western countries. A lot of it is just that. What are the West, the outside because if you look at other how-to books about mm -hmm. writing, it's always about the outer. Well, you need the discipline. Well, I had the discipline. I'm sitting behind my computer, but what what is happening? Well, there was a spiritual wound inside of me that was preventing. There was a fear. There was aspects of myself that I had to discover. And so the act of power makes you make a commitment with yourself in a very, very sacred way so that, hey, you can finish that book or you can find that husband or mate or wife or that you could take that trip or you could have a different relationship with your um, children. Mm -hmm. Whatever your act of power is, 
you could lose certain amount of weight. Mm-hmm. And it's what I love about these teachings, it's so practical. It's not, active power is not about, I want to be happy. I mean, you can choose that, but we are being more on a, because Lynn really believes that um, it's very important to take care of our physical manifestations as well as our spiritual, spiritual. because there's a reason we manifested them, and we've right. got to honor that. We It's not to knock off one over the other. Now, that had a big impact on me, doing the act of power. Normally, like you would do it, I do it like four times a year, just each season. You right. know, it's kind of like a New Year's resolution. The reason I chose that for this year, it's, it's a way to start getting you into the preparing for the new year. The mother energies, um, that was another life-changing thing because there's two types of mother energies that we are born with and a lot of the conflict that happened between us and within ourselves and with our, our relationships because we don't know which mother energy we are. Mm. So and, it's helping you determine that. And when you determine that, you can be better as a writer, as, as a painter, as a business person, as a lawyer, as a husband, as a wife, as a friend, whatever it is, it will make you a, better at what you want to do. Mm. Well, I feel like I need to come to the workshop that weekend myself. Um, Listeners, I invite you to check out Weem's information, Weem Nemo. It will be fully listed on the Soulful Living page here in Empower Radio. You can go to her website. Visit the Path of Consciousness so that you can see more about this beautiful soul. And I feel like I was part of the listening audience today because I really just got to dive deep and listen to what you had to offer. I'm so grateful for the story that you shared and the the revelation of your own inner ancient soul that has come to express herself and enlighten all of us. And with that said, I love for my guests to leave the listeners for something they can take out into the world to elevate their soul or um, elevate their consciousness in some way, what would that be for you? Yeah, whatever you are looking for is right in your reach. Mm. You don't have to travel very far, go very far, not even spend very, just look around. Everything is at your reach. If your vision and awareness changes, you will see it. Mm. Thank you. And thank you so much for being here with Remy and I today and all of the listeners. It's been beautiful. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. And I really enjoyed this too. Part two. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.